Welcome to Alter Ego Comics Presents. I'm Mark. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk about all things comic-related from the viewpoint of Alter Ego Comics. That's Lima, us. Lima, Ohio's best comic shop. Northwestern Ohio. Yeah. Northwest. You know what? Let's just say Northwest Ohio. Northwest Ohio works for me. It's also West Central Ohio. It's Ohio. Ohio. Okay. So, uh, I'm back from Comics Pro. I, I guess uh, everyone limped along without me last week. Maybe talked about some books. I haven't listened to last week's episode. Uh, Lord, I did a little bit. We talked briefly about what came out last week. And uh, played a, an interview from the archives. From only three years ago. It's fine. All right. Well, thanks for, for filling in while I was gone. While I was in Portland with uh, my retail brethren fellow comic shop owners there were about 150 comic shop owners that uh, gathered at the comics pro annual meeting for programming by retailers for retailers and it's not a not a comic con it was a business meeting and we had about 40 different vendors and publishers that we met with uh, several comic creators were there too on their own dime to kind of hang out and and plug some of their work and uh, yeah just came back really uh Recharged. It's always good to compare notes with other shop owners from around the country. And really, there were people from around the world. At least Canada was represented. <laughs> there may have been other parts of the, the world that were there, too. Uh, but it's just a great organization. It's the only trade organization for comic shops. And uh, we pay to be a part of it. So it's it's those of us that really want to see comics uh, comic shops improve and comics reach a wider wider readership. So uh, there were some really good publisher presentations. Boom Studios actually uh, steals the show every year. Uh, a guy named Philip Sablick does these amazing, just amazing presentations. His presentations online. I'll have to share it with you guys. Uh, and I'm you guys. I'm looking <laughs> at the people around the table. Uh, but maybe we'll post it in our subscriber Facebook group. It's just it was it was really good. It was about. Uh, being paralyzed by too many choices and uh, how Boom has cut their output. Last year, they they pledged to cut their output by 15%, and they did that, and their overall sales increased. <clears throat> they kind of focused on several tentpole releases. Uh, the books last year that they, they really focused on were uh, Once in Future, Something is Killing the Children, Faithless, and some other books I can't remember. Oh, Folklords. All good books. Yeah, move. all good books. There's a fifth one. I'm drawing a blank on what it was, though. Um, and then this year, they are focusing on Alienated, which has come out. Issue one has. Issue yep. one. I really enjoyed it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Had Brian K. Vaughn's official stamp of approval on it. Right, right. Uh, Faithless 2 is coming out this year, so I imagine those of you that read Faithless will probably come back for Faithless 2, Electric Boogaloo. I was about to say that. Yes, Sorry. That's okay. Man, what's the third one? There are five again this year, and they're all spread out during the course of the calendar, which is nice. So, you know, but Boom is publishing other stuff. They do Power Rangers. They do um, Buffy and Firefly and, and other things. But the big news was they do have two new creator-owned series by uh, well-known creators that have never done a creator-owned book that'll be coming in 2020. And the first one is by Tom Taylor. So writer of all things that we love including deceased deceased suicide squad um injustice yep. friendly neighborhood spider-man and so he's got a creator own book that's coming out from boom and then al ewing who does the immortal hulk 
and is going to be doing Empire and Guardians. He does Guardians of the Galaxy right now. So good stuff down the pipeline. Yeah. yeah. And the nice thing about Boom is they almost always give us an advanced reader copy so that we can check it out ahead of time. Which has been very useful. And almost all, if not all, of their new launches are returnable which uh, reduces the risk on us as retailers to get new books in front of customers. I know we've sold a couple of them that we probably wouldn't have stocked otherwise, but we took the risk, put on the shelf, and then we've had people like, oh, we'll try this out. This is new. This looks different. And it's working out pretty pretty well for us so far. And, and we do that because we, we trust the quality of Boom, and we're trying to curate a... You know, a nice selection for for our customers. You know, we can't stock every title. There are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of titles that are offered every month from all kinds of publishers. And we don't even stock every title from Marvel and DC at this point because there are just some books where we look at each other and go, yeah, no one, if we don't have any subscriptions for it, if we don't have any subscribers by the time we have to order, um, and it's just something that seems like we all go, what, why? Why bother? <laughs> then we, we don't stock it. But with Boom, we feel confident that it's going to be a quality book, and we want to give uh, give you, the reader, the opportunity to check it out. And Boom makes that easy for us to find the, the ceiling on it. So uh, one thing that, that we've implemented starting this week that we haven't done in a while, we have done it in the past, but we brought it back this week, is our no-risk guarantee. So we're kind of taking uh, a page out of the Boom playbook, as well as some of the other publishers, and offering select books um, risk-free which means they're returnable. If you bring it back within a week of when you purchase it, that is at least. Yeah. And ideally you would pick it up during the week of release and uh, check it out. If you don't like it, bring it back in saleable condition and we'll give you store credit equal to the purchase price. So there's, there is no risk to you to try a new series. And I think there's, there's a lot of hesitation on the part of consumers uh, of trying some new things because every, every penny counts and, uh, some people are afraid to pick up a new book because of, of the cost, or maybe they just, I don't know, I've been burned so many times in the past to buy new books that they don't want to try. Well, now we had something this week. We've got books from DC, Dark Horse, Aftershock. Oh, <laughs> Laura has the stack. I'm, I'm <laughs> turning and looking. Uh, yes. We have books from DC, Dark Horse, IDW, Vault. Vault. Is that it? And oh, it's two books from Dark Horse this week. Yeah, all those. So we have five or six books that are all returnable. I think you got them all. And hopefully, uh, if you get this, if you listen to this podcast (laughs) before the week is out, you'll come in and check them out. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, Comics Pro. There well, was, yeah, what was the best thing that you had there? What was the worst thing? The best thing was the lunch on Thursday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Fair enough, hey. It was like, make your own tacos. It was very good. <clears throat> um, the best. Well, you know, they, they started the, the programming out completely different than they've ever done a meeting before. And I've been going to these things for at least 10 years. And the first two sessions were about taking care of yourself. Yeah, the, the very first session, and, and this ties in with, um, we've had several comic book retailers, and, and the retailer community is not that big. You know, I talk about Comics Pro. There are probably close to 300 members, give or take, in Comics Pro, and, and the number of retailers that were at this meeting last week, there were about 150 of us. So most of us know each other, at least you know, uh, we're acquaintances, but many of us are friends. You know, we've been going to these things for a long time. We're, we're dealing with the same 
issues and struggles and that sort of thing. But there have been a, a couple notable deaths of comic book retailers in the last couple of years. And so that was kind of what kicked off this year's meeting was talking about... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Jared's back in the mic. <laughs> talking about dying retailers and Jared's laughing. <laughs> In all seriousness, there's a guy named uh, who was named Robert Scott who owned a comic book store in uh, I think it was San Diego, and um, started really the first one of the first message boards for comic retailers, the Comic Book Industry Alliance. Actually, it was open to publishers and creators as well, and it was a precursor in a way to Comics Pro. And uh, unfortunately, he died suddenly in December of last year. So, um, a former retailer who now works with publishers and gave a presentation about you know taking care of yourself both mentally and physically um and that was followed by a presentation of you know learning how to work on your business rather than in your business so that you're not doing minutiae when you need to be planning budgets or looking for new vendors or doing things that are going to going to improve the health of your business uh, and it just, it was a very positive start to the event. And I mentioned it to both of them and, and several other people that I could not remember a more positive beginning. And really the whole conference as a whole was much more positive than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot of doom and gloom based on um, just the inter- based on life <laughs> and the internet, based on, I guess, our experiences in the shop sometimes when we get frustrated by certain things, uh, industry specific. Well, then the news, what happened Friday with DC firing Dan Didio. Yeah, and this is kind of inside comics, inside baseball. I mean, I would say the majority of, of comic book readers couldn't name who a publisher is at any of the pu- any of the companies. I would have um, heard, recognized, recognized his name if I heard it, but other than that, I'm like, oh, he's at DC. That's about it. Yeah, so that actually came down. There was an announcement on Friday afternoon that um, so DC Comics has two co-publishers, um, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. Everyone knows who Jim Lee is. Um, and didio has been co-publisher and you know for 10 years i think they've been co-publishers for 10 years and uh i started here someone people started asking me like did you hear the news Did you hear the news i'm like no what news and, and i guess it was all over twitter and social media and that sort of thing the odd thing was is that there were two sales reps from dc at the conference and they didn't know so it was just <laughs> it, it, it was a surprise that uh this long time dc publisher who was kind of the driving force behind the new 52 and rebirth and several other initiatives over at dc i think 52 was one of them um is no longer there and we don't know why we don't know if he stepped down or if he was asked to leave or whatever but um you know it's no i don't think it's any secret that dc has been number two to marvel for a very long time and that may have been part of it um, I've heard rumors of uh, people getting a little skittish about their the, the 5G, supposed 5G That's plan. The summer, I think. Yeah, and no one really knows what it is. So and, you The know, fifth all generation, of, that's what it is. There were rumors that... I hate to even talk about rumors because 99 times out of 100, they turn out to be false. But uh, there would be a fifth generation of DC... We're in the fifth generation of DC Comics, and this would be younger heroes kind of assuming the mantle of the main the main heroes so there would be a new you know there was a rumor that luke fox was going to be batman and that i don't even know who these other people are so it's we all new dc now or whatever who, who copy what marvel did so uh, the first generation has kind of been set up now with uh, wonder woman 750 where they established wonder woman as being the first dc hero the first hero in the dc universe um dc's free comic book day book is called generation zero 
And so as a retailer and, and, and many retailers, we were left with, okay, is this still going to happen? You know, are we still getting this as the content on free comic book day? Uh, last week or two weeks ago, they kind of laid out their, their plans for generation one, generation two, three, four, and five. And uh, I believe generation one is in the new previews that, uh, <laughs> that came out this week. So that's not to say that they're not going to go back and change things. The bottom line is nobody knows. The other bottom line is no, DC Comics is not going to go away. I mean, I don't have any insider information on that, but... Um, There's I, no I, imminent threat of like, oh, they're closing think, down. No, I would think you know, Warner Brothers... It, they've had a very bumpy road. You know, Warner Brothers was bought by AT&T not too long ago, and they came in, and they, they are very businesslike. <laughs> they are, you know, the whole Batwang in Batman <laughs> Damned ruffled a lot of feathers at Warner Brothers and AT&T. So, you know, they're... Honestly, I think the AT&T people are more concerned about selling lunchboxes and bedsheets and, and putting these characters in movies than they are about comics, but you don't get to bedsheets, lunchboxes, and movies without the comics right. and without the characters. So, I, you know, I, I would be amazed if DC suddenly went away. And I, I've reminded a couple of customers, you know, Marvel was Marvel filed for bankruptcy in the late 1990s. They were licensing off their characters to pay the bills. That's why that's why Spider-Man's at Sony. That's why, you know, it was at Fox. And they, like, you know, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four got licensed off. Ghost Rider. And, and tw- some other people. Yeah. But what came out of that really dark period in Marvel was Marvel Knights and the Ultimates. And, you know, we got a lot of cool comics a lot of great stories at a time when marvel was on the brink of extinction so you know i don't i'm not overly concerned you know the bottom line for me has always been story and as long as good stories continue to be told at any publisher you know there will be people that want to read them so there are very talented people working at dc comics um writers artists editors everybody uh so we'll just have to wait and see there there has been no official announcement we're almost a week later and there's still no official announcement the only thing i saw was uh both dan didio and jim lee were supposed to be on a panel at c2e2 which is happening this weekend uh a meet the publishers panel and i heard today that that was canceled so (laughs) uh, instead of meet the publisher uh now there's just we're not meeting anybody (laughs) so one thing i want out of this whole 5g thing is since dc is owned by at&t i want like a wayne tech phone program that is on a 5g network just because I, I want that crossover to happen. I just want good comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. If you can get a Wayne Tech phone, who wouldn't yeah, buy that? Maybe, maybe. We'll all have to wear cowls with the earpieces in them. And that, that's how that's going to work. Um, but what else? I'm trying to think of anything else really outstanding. I, I was fortunate enough to be on a social media success panel at Comics Pro with several other retailers that uh, Facebook has kind of handpicked for their Facebook leaders group or their, I think it's called boost facebook boost leaders i don't know what it's called but i'm i'm one of the chosen ones uh and we got to kind of compare notes and take questions from the audience so that was fun and who else vault gave a really good uh I'm, I'm really impressed by vault and we'll get to them in a little bit with finger guns this week but there were so many new publishers there and i just can't bring all of them into alter ego i don't think any store can carry everything as i've said before but the returnability helps but vault is one that uh, i'm going to be slowly trying to build uh, a library for at alter ego they are doing books like the plot which we carried in single issues and was received pretty well um they they do very well with horror and science fiction 
So look for more stuff from Vault. Uh, who else did I like? Well, we talked uh, briefly in the store that Marvel, even though they didn't allow questions and answers, you said they were pretty good with their panel or whatever. Yeah, so nine, I say nine times out of ten a lot. I'm going to have to stop saying The majority of the time. Many times at these events, publishers just basically give give uh, PowerPoint presentations of the previous catalog of their books that are in the previous catalog. And we hate it. All of us hate that. We're like, please don't. No one likes to be have a slideshow read to them, right? I mean, and like as, as a retailer, I know what's in the previous catalog. Right. You don't have to read it to me. Um, so this year, and that's one of the reasons why Boom Studios uh, presentations are always off the hook because they're completely awesome and made from scratch. Uh, but Marvel agreed to accept questions from the audience, questions from retailers ahead of time that apparently had to be screened by someone. Uh, pre-approved questions. Forbushman. Did they have a moderator sure. that read the question out loud? No, we had a. There was a Comics Pro board member that was that was kind of sort of up there, uh, but was not needed because uh, the the sales vice president of sales did an excellent job. So he did answer most of those questions that were submitted and. Uh, talked about a couple new things but it was probably the most informative marvel presentation that i've seen at one of these events and one of the questions that that we always ask as retailers is what are the publishers doing to drive new readers into our shops because we're all independently owned and operated and we all have different marketing budgets and we all have different ideas of how to get new people into the shop whether that's social media advertising or tv ads or flyers under windshield wipers or whatever but you know at the end of the day you know, Marvel is owned by Disney and DC is owned by Warner Brothers, by AT&T. And they have much larger marketing budgets. And we would appreciate just a little bit of that being spent to bring people in. And many comic book fans have said, why don't we see commercials before, you know, the big movies or before the TV shows that yeah. premiere? And we've all, we've all asked that, you know, whether you're a casual reader or a retailer. It, it just makes sense that those companies would be doing something to, to get people to read the source material. And for one reason or another, there are lots of legalities involved with that between the talent that portrays those characters and their attorneys and their agents and you know different groups within major multimedia companies talking to each other. But uh, the Marvel presentation did include, you know, their outreach via social media. You know, how many how many followers they have on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and and Twitter and that sort of thing. And what uh, Marvel is doing, they're actually doing paid ads on MeTV, which no one under the age of sixty watches. I have no clue what that um, is. <laughs> does, I, does anybody know what MeTV is? No, my dad watches it. Okay, <laughs> what is it? A channel. I know what it <laughs> yeah, is, but I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna. I want to hear Laura talk. So. <laughs> I guess I don't exactly know either. I think that it's a lot of the older shows. I want to say like Matlock and that sort of thing. <laughs> is it like TV Land? Maybe it's yeah, it is. Like it, it's it's like the but. contemporary TV Land where it's it, but it has a lot of the. It's got like Wonder Woman and Batman '66 and. 
um maybe oh, the hulk know. maybe the incredible hulk like all the stuff that was originally on the sci-fi channel when the sci-fi <laughs> channel first hit and i remember this because i was like stoked that okay we're gonna get these great great shows from the 70s and 80s i remember them as being great because i was like five when they came on <laughs> when you have nothing to compare it to they were yes, great when you had nothing to compare it to so but marvel has been running some ads on me tv and apparently dc also thinks it's a good idea and they've been running some ads on me tv and I, I think I did tell you, Alex, that I did see a commercial for the deceased uh, graphic novel on the CW. Uh, I was watching one of the Crisis uh, crossover episodes and saw a commercial for the deceased graphic novel. So that stuff is out there. But, um, you know. But, like, Disney owns two thirds of Hulu. Like, you have yeah. your own network that people watch. Advertise but, on but that. They don't, they don't care, though. I mean, the money made in the comics industry is just a drop in the bucket. Um, it, it probably doesn't even register. <laughs> There, yeah. There may not even be a line item. Jared, you're an accountant. I mean, there's <laughs> probably no no line item in the Disney budget for publishing. It's It'd like... Probably be put under miscellaneous. <laughs> yeah, it's, a mi- <laughs> it's along with like toilet supplies. Yes. <laughs> like, all right. That's well, that's, a, that's an expense. That's the the TP is an expense. The, the <laughs> that's comics what, presumably are an income line. But yeah, it, it was... It, all in all, though, it, despite some of the jabs we've taken here, uh, Comics Pro was a very positive experience. If any comic shop is listening that is not a member of Comics Pro, go to comicspro.org, look at the information, and you should join because we're stronger together than we are as individuals. Again, because our stores are, they range in size and scope and uh, owner personality and, and all kinds of stuff. And Comics Pro really is working to improve, improve the comic shop experience for everybody. Just try not to have it in Portland again next year. Oh, please, I don't. I've done, they've, it's been in Portland two of the last three years, and mm. to go from Ohio <laughs> to Portland is like a twelve-hour trip all oh, all man. in. Between, do it like Vegas or something. Between well, even so, you do it in Vegas, and no one goes to the panels, and everyone goes to gamble or goes to show. So you can't do it in Vegas or Orlando Columbus. or any place. We're trying to get Cleveland next year because one of the board members, uh, John from Carolyn John's Comics, has been pushing for Cleveland, and I brought Cleveland up this year. The only downside is it's always in February. So Cleveland in February could be a very cold and snowy place. That's Columbus. <laughs> we'll Colum- or but you're indoors. Yeah. So. <laughs> we are indoors most of the time. Just have it so there's the hotel connected to the center and you'd be all set. That's, that's the way it rolls. So, yeah. And we'll see what C2E2 has in store. I, I imagine we're going to get some announcements of upcoming projects from most of the publishers coming out of uh, this weekend. Maybe we'll find out what's up with Dan Dio. Who knows? If anything. He'll, he'll crash some panel. He'll crash the Marvel panel and he'll be hired Maybe. for them. And I thought it would be funny. Well, that would be the, the funny thing is, this is very Inside Comics, but... Uh, that's that's the people that are listening to this. Bill, Bill Jemis, uh, who was the publisher of Marvel, who brought them out of the bankruptcy with the Ultimate Line and Marvel Knights and that sort of thing, um, is now has a, a new publishing company, company AWA, Um which will be publishing some great books by J. Michael Straczynski and Ben Percy and uh, some other folks in the near future. Which we plan on stocking a few of them, right? Yeah, they're also supporting retailers with a very aggressive program to get us to carry their books, which is good. But I thought it would be funny if they hired Bill Jemis to replace Dan DiDio and see what happens. Yeah, I think so Because he was, Jemis was there, and I think someone brought that up to him. He's like, they've got my number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recently available. Yeah. So, um, it's what I missed. What I missed last week. Do we need to talk about anything? Uh, Deceased Unkillables came out last week. Um, that one we actually forgot to mention on the podcast because I forgot to bring it home and talk about it. 
but I think we have one copy left at the store. It sold very well. Yeah, for us. It, like super well. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think having the three covers helps. Um, but in most cases, these were people buying one one cover. For the most part, yeah, I think most of them got just one. There's a yeah. couple outliers. It's just really strong, and it's only three issues, so three for now. Unless not a, they do not a, a huge commitment crossover, like I mean, what the original one had five issues or six issues, and then they did a zero along the way or something. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see that happening. But yeah, that was good. Um, had to do with Deathstroke point of view from the villain and the rest of the villains' point of view for the zombies intake or output no blah 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 the zombie output <clears throat> the zombie output the zombie point of view the villain's point of view on that so that was really good um I don't know there was no <laughs> fires or anything so that's good okay great <laughs> well let's talk about this week there there was a ton of stuff this week this is the heaviest of the entire year so far yeah I, I, I agree this is definitely because we filled up every spot on the new release wall right uh, between graphic novels and uh, we actually were short one spot because of previews we were yeah but uh, as I mentioned there were several books that were offering risk free aka returnable uh, Hidden Society is one from uh, Dark Horse Comics. That was my pick of the week, I believe, actually. Well, why don't you tell us about it? Uh, tell us what they've won, Alex. <laughs> well, they've won me talking, which I don't know if that's a good prize or bad prize. But it's by the Raphael, Raphael team. Raphael Scavone? 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 Scavone. And then Raphael Albuquerque. I know that one. Uh, with artist from uh, American Vampire with Marco Costello and Bernardo Bryce man you're just naming names now I usually hey. just do writer and artist but hey <laughs> they're on the cover so they're worth mentioning um, but this one kind of reminds me of Curse Words where it's a magical based universe and actually Mark why don't you talk about it real quick while I off the heat so there's no background <laughs> noise Alex's furnace just kicked on we, we have a studio here in in Casa de Alex and Laura in their basement, and usually the furnace gets turned off, but the furnace is on, so you're hearing. <sighs> Maybe I don't know. We'll see how. Well, they definitely heard me make that noise. Well, they definitely did hear that. Yes. So, Hidden Society is definitely for fans of uh, Mark Miller's Magic Order, uh, Harry Potter. I would say it involves magic, uh, different people of different ages and different abilities when it comes to magic, and they're kind of being recruited to to fight this big bad to stop some impending doom. And the the collection of these characters is what makes up the first issue. So and the first one is a blind woman with her pet genie or i don't know or no i guess they said it's a demon i think that grants her way it's like i don't know genie demon weird uh a kid illusionist that actually disappears at brooklyn bridge he's like all right press the button and it didn't work and then all of a sudden it actually disappears spoiler alert eh, it's minor to the main plot and then i forget who the other girl is but she's like a bounty hunter oh that's right she got her whole list of people yeah it surprised me I, bottom line is good i didn't know what to expect out of it and uh, magic and it was pretty good yeah i dark horse uh needs to get back in the game here and i think that they're taking some good steps this week uh they've got a couple speaking of comics bro kind of to, to go back to that that for a second they've got a couple um original screenplay 
adaptations coming up one of the original alien film they did alien 3 last year two years ago actually sold pretty well for us and uh this year they're doing the original alien screenplay which apparently is is fairly similar to the finished product of the first alien movie but also has some some cool stuff for alien fans and they're also doing the adaptation of the original predator screenplay which i hear is significantly different than what we saw in the original predator movie so those will be kind of cool Stay tuned. Uh, also from Dark Horse this week, we got Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love you. Tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to read this Does one. Does anybody out. want to talk? Jared, did you read I it? I read it. I liked it. Uh, was this the... But I talk a lot. One with the flu? Yes. It's not okay. the flu. It, uh, with I, a virus? Yeah, a virus. Oh, th- it has a name. I don't remember what it is. I don't... I, I think don't it might be that. Tomorrow. No. There's the app that they're all using is what's causing it, supposedly. Like Deceased. Yeah, and like that, uh, what, Mimetic or whatever that came out? It has... Uh, 20X? No, that's not that. That's a different one. So anyway, Tomorrow is really cool. It uh, is very timely with the coronavirus uh, (laughs) sweeping the globe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what's truth and what's a lie. We may all be stuck in Alex's basement. (laughs) You have any masks? No. Uh, Yeah, we have two of them, actually, yeah. Yeah. You got some industrial strength, like air breather things on them? Uh, No. Supposedly, it's not a big deal. It's it's transferred by touch, so don't. Just make sure you wash your hands after you go number one or number two. That's a rabbit hole that we can just talk about the comics instead. Okay. Tomorrow, (laughs) uh, apparently, so there's a virus, and it looks like it might just be killing adults. And uh, that's basically what it is. It's an interesting, uh, interesting first issue. So, it's a no risk guarantee. So yeah, right, might as yeah. well try it. Try it, but make sure uh, you wash your hands before and after reading, and then bring it back to us. Uh, Jared, what or was your keep it? Yeah, or you can keep it. <laughs> Jared, you what was your pick? You keep week? tomorrow. My pick was going to be Star Wars, but after reading them on Tuesday night, uh, I found myself thinking more and more about finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> that is the book. The title yes. is Finger Guns, by the way. Yes, from Vault. From Vault. So and was, no, another no-risk guarantee title. And it was really interesting. It was, uh, people were, these two kids were shooting people with finger guns, you know. But uh, one of them would make people angry, and one would pacify them. And it was... Uh, depending on how many fingers you had Right, out. depending on how many fingers one Which finger were they using? <laughs> the angry people yes. got shot with the middle finger. No, yes. the angry, no. No, angry was <laughs> no. the, okay. just the index, and yeah. the pacifier the was the... was the index and no. middle finger together shooting. Oh, is that backwards? Oh, yeah. do we have that backwards? Okay. No, you're right. Alex is wrong. Oh, okay. Two fingers is angry. I'll take that. Yes. I think I was agreeing with Alex for a minute, but... One I'll finger is really right. angry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was written by Justin Richards, and... Uh, drawn by Val Halverson, so it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I definitely, it definitely recommend was, picking that one up. It definitely was interesting, and you know that's what we've done. Like the plot was returnable, so I I stocked that, and we ended up selling a decent amount of it. And it I I never finished it, but the trade comes out it might be next week, um, so I will definitely be checking it out. And there's more cool stuff coming from Vault down yeah. the road but my second choice was star wars you don't star get two i'm sorry excellent. next no <laughs> i mean it's an honorable mention of star <laughs> yes. wars number three honor- yes. star wars is i mean it's kind of an assumption at this point oh. that it's going to be good so it should be on our stack in there i think that, that's I, uh, I don't care i love star wars charles so soul and jesus say put is, something out in star wars i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out yeah and and so. this time period is great i, I do i, I love, love this time period empire was my favorite so yeah most people period. empire was their favorite and the star wars series 
takes place right after the end of Empire. The Darth Vader series takes right takes place right after the end of Empire. Doctor Afro will I think Doctor Afro. Afra. That's Sorry. what I said. I know. <laughs> uh, which is coming soon. And Bounty Hunters, I think, also takes place that, in that same time I period. I believe so, yeah, because I think we ought to advance preview that. That seemed like that. I don't think I read it. Oh, man. I don't know what's good. wrong with me. I had a busy <laughs> week. I was in. I was flying. I was in the air. Um, so Star Wars is really cool. Yeah. We still don't know who has Luke's lightsaber. No. But, uh, but Lando, Chewie, and Luke and Leia go back to Cloud City to yeah. try to find it. I bet so you I didn't know that, that happened after Empire, huh? So gotta read the comics That's to find right. out the cool stuff laura did you enjoy anything this week um i always enjoy spider-man there were two of those that's this not week. fair <laughs> <laughs> um i was kind of interested too it was this one also one of your it was yeah um teenage mutant ninja turtles janica was also or Jenica. A, I don't or Jenica, know. Sorry. Nope. Oh, I have no clue yeah. what the yeah. correct pronoun. I still say Magneto instead of Magneto, or I say Professor Xavier instead of Xavier. But see, I thought uh, in I thought the Mag- cartoon they did say it that way. Right. So. Which one, Magneto? Yeah. Yeah. I always called Magneto. I heard Chris Claremont say Magneto. Once. Well, he's yeah. not like, wrong. I've well, he wrote X Men for a very long time. So. Maybe he's just doing it that to mess with you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe is, is it <laughs> GIF or Jeff? The There's peanut butter? a whole thing about the peanut butter <laughs> yes. coming out soon. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's get back to Janika. <laughs> yeah, at first I didn't realize, like, it's hard to tell if you're a female Ninja Turtle or not. I know, so like, she's not drawn like through. most female comic book characters. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. a good thing, because she's a turtle. That <laughs> yeah, was an interesting following her. It sounds like recently a lot of people in this comic universe have become animals. Like, how... Shredder became Shredder was a sorry not Shredder Splinter sorry I always mess them up like Splinter is the rat man and she's a turtle and a lot of people are like rabbits and one person he's like I don't even know what I am now like I don't know what animal I've become wow and I'd say this is a new character they just introduced last year wasn't it yeah you're right it was yeah 98 97 yeah I think it was 98 so there's now a female turtle, and if you've watched uh, the toys that made us, you know that that was actually one of the uh, one of the things that that was the thing that drove the wedge between Kevin Eastman and uh, Peter Laird, the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm one sorry, one was in favor of the female turtle being introduced in the TV show. I'm guess I think that was, I thought that was Laird that was in, in favor of that one. No, Eastman I'm, was in favor of it, and Laird was not. Okay, because I know Eastman is back within the Eastman is. Right. Has been right. Back. Has been back. So. Eastman has been connected with the turtles for a very, very. Laird was the one that stepped away. Okay. So Laird was was he the one that stuck around the longest? That before they sold out the property to IDW. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Good anyway, talk. good talk. But yeah, so now there's a female turtle in the comics, and everyone's happy. I guess. Yeah. Happy enough, at least. <laughs> oh, what was my pick? Oh, Second Coming. The graphic novel is out this week from Ahoy Comics, which is another publisher. And I, I went, I bet pretty, I don't want to say heavy on Ahoy last year, but we carried several things, including Edgar Allan Poe's uh, Snifter of Terror, which continues to sell. We sold another copy this week. Yeah. Uh, I, today, I think, is when I, no, yesterday I sold it. Yeah. I, it just, something like that reaffirms us curating things and having a smaller selection of graphic novels that we know are good because i think that book in its face out all of our graphic novels are are face out that book spine out someplace in a sea of graphic novels would get totally overlooked but when you see the cover of that 
Edgar Allan Poe. You see that it's a horror book. It's just got a great designed cover. It, the Jaws it, parody on the back cover, I think. Yeah, it encourages people. And they, they did a parody of The Amazing 50-Foot Woman and on one of the covers. Uh, but Ahoy does that. Ahoy also did one of my favorite books last year, Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man, which was kind of a, uh, a tribute to the 1960s Adam West Batman meeting the 1980s Frank Miller Dark Knight Batman and crossing over in universes. And uh, Second Coming was one of their, their great books last year, written by Mark Russell, who wrote God is Disappointed in You, one of our best-selling non-graphic novels in the shop. It's one of the few prose books that we carry in the shop uh, because we keep selling it. It's And it's so unique. You're not going to find it anyplace else in town. Uh, but it's a very satirical look <clears throat> Excuse me, at the Old Testament. And Second Coming is a very satirical look at what would happen if God sent Jesus back today and decided to uh, make him roommates with a superhero. <laughs> a Superman analog. Yeah, a Superman analog. And it is very funny, but it is also, it, you know, they, it's very timely. It's humorous. I don't think it's disrespectful, and this is coming from somebody who's born and raised Catholic, but I also tend to have a very good sense of humor when it comes to that stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It's it's just good. So it actually had my favorite dialogue of the week in it uh, when I was I actually read it this morning. Uh, so at one point Jesus gets thrown into jail because someone claims that they're Jesus and they, he has the robes and everything like oh homeless crazy guy whatever he is thrown into jail uh, he has a jail jail cellmate I guess I don't know that a becomes a follower or whatever and he's like oh my name is Larry oh Larry what are you in for blah blah he's like well they threw me in because they caught me eating pine cones oh that's weird but whatever then you find out later his name is Larry Pinecone. So it's like, was he eating his family then? <laughs> but I don't know. Just, I, don't know. I was like, oh, they, they like they didn't play that. They played it off like whatever. Like I don't know. I found that funny. Of the oh, I eat pine cones. My name is Pine Cone. It's fine. It's a funny book. <laughs> it's 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 worth uh, it's worth the cover price. Um, I believe it is a self-contained story. I mean, you never swear off a uh, a it, second volume. It's a, it does say volume one on it, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So, second coming is definitely worth checking out if you can uh, read stuff like that without fear of burning. That's <laughs> it. It's only nineteen ninety nine in the hot place. And I give a thumbs up. Hey, if you if you read what I tell you to read, read Second Coming. Yeah, it was, it was a good read. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Jared. We got Laura. We got Alex. What are some other honorable mentions this week? Oh, I, I want to give a big honorable mention to Ghost Rider number five. Too bad we don't have any on the rack because we sell the same number. <laughs> we sell the same number every month, so there's really no reason to. But subscriptions um, only. If anyone is looking to pick up a, a new book, we're happy to try and get previous issues for you, or wait for the graphic novel. But this is a throwback. Ghost Rider Five is um, a somewhat sequel to a um, prestige format one shot that came out in the early 90s called Hearts of Darkness which was which starred the Punisher, Wolverine and Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider and they were fighting Blackheart and so this time around we've got uh, of course the Punisher, Wolverine Danny Ketch is no longer Ghost Rider he's now another guy that's been given powers from Limbo 
trying to remember it starts with a C and I can't remember what his name is but Johnny Blaze is running around out there Mephisto's out there Blackheart's out there and we get a special appearance by Doctor Strange this book had everything Ghost Rider number 5 was fantastic I read like the first three I think was when they are on the shelf and I really enjoyed it so yeah. I'll definitely be picking up and trade once it comes out Ed Brisson is writing it and just to give another shout out to another Ed Brisson book Adventures of the Wasteland number 2 came out oh, this week that was very good yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a five issue miniseries set that. in the world of Old Man Logan and I've been really enjoying Enjoying that as well. Uh, another honorable mention would be the X Men big issue with Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Giants. <laughs> or Giant Size. Giant Size X Men or X Men the big issue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, that one was was the fastest read I read I was going to I thought mine was like an error. I thought, did I get the copy <laughs> that didn't have any text? I mean, there's there text. There's bookend text. It's right. like the first page and the last page. I thought, is this a printing error? Uh, so yeah, the whole thing is textless, <laughs> and it is within the mind of of Jean and uh, well, well, in the well, mind no, of Storm. Well, it's in the mind of Storm, right? Jean and Emma are navigating it, and yeah, it's very bizarre. But I don't know. I would still like to see more of the dynamic of Jean and Emma together. Like, how are they friends now? Uh, I, I don't understand what's going on in Krakoa because like Wolverine lives with Cyclops and Jean, and on but, the moon, on the moon, but. You know, like Wolverine and Jean are still kind of being flirty with each other. Jean and Emma are kind of flirty with each other. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised Emma doesn't live with Jean and Scott and Wolverine and all one be happy family commune. I don't know. It's very bizarre. So we should mention that this giant size X Men is written by Jonathan Hickman, the regular writer of X Men. Uh, Russell Dowderman is the artist on this, and they did announce. I think it's in the new catalog that dropped this week. There is so there are four. They're gonna be four, um, sorry, five of these of uh, giant size X Men. So we've got uh, Nightcrawler coming up, Magneto, uh, Storm, and Phantom X. I think. I think there's a Storm one. Uh, because we need some resolution on this storm situation from this issue. <laughs> storm is not in a good way uh, after a battle that apparently I missed. Uh, Phantom X is one also, yes. Phantom X is the fifth one. They just announced yes. that. Is there a storm? Uh, I see Phantom X, Magneto, Nightcrawler, uh, Gene and Emma. That's it right now, I okay. think. Maybe Storm is the fifth one, and they haven't really solicited that yet. But this came out the same week as the new issue of X-Men. X-Men number seven is also out. Also very good. And again, it's another one-shot, basically. Right? Every issue has been pretty much a, a done-in-one, not a done-in-one, but self-contained story. But the the ramifications of each issue will kind of spill out in the future. And this one is a story with Nightcrawler and Wolverine running around? I uh, it's all kinds of people. The Guthrie family's in there. So Sam and Paige, and I guess Melody is their sister that I've never heard of before. Um, uh, well, I guess, yeah. It, it, some, yeah. yeah. They're dealing with depowered. They they actually reference House of M in this, which, did, was, yeah. which was nice. Um, I guess that there are still depowered mutants because of House of M. That's and what I'm led to believe. If you have the mutant gene, but you don't have your mutant powers, you're kind of considered inferior, and you're allowed to be reborn. If you uh, say if you die, if you die still and be an, reborn with your original power. If you die in an honorable way, like you can't commit suicide, but like she goes toe to toe with Apocalypse to go out a fight to the death honorable, really mean honorably. I don't it's know. a gladiatorial battle, just like oh entertainment, and you become a mutant again to be reborn. Thanks to Gold Balls, Gold Balls, and the other four. Yes, people. the the five people that bring mutants back from the dead. Uh, X-Men Fantastic Four number two came out this week. That was great. 
Uh, again, referencing the original 1987-ish X-Men Fantastic Four book that I loved as a, as a kid, as a 13, 14-year-old reader, a youngin. Uh, That's why I like it. Doom's point of view. I like the whole Doom's take on Krakoa and how he handles out with his people. Yeah, Doom's Doom's kind of cool. And, I think oh, that's it. So, they keep doing a Marvel Made ad in the books. I know. I, I thought it would be announced at Toy Fair. Because uh, they keep saying which February. Was last week. Right. So, it maybe it's C2E2. Because that's still this weekend, right? It starts tomorrow. May have started today. I don't know. So, yeah. Maybe we'll find out what Marvel Made is soon. Yeah. It's weird. It's a new brand of potato chip. Like, better made. <laughs> Marvel Made. I got nothing on that one. Okay. Or it's a drink. Like lemonade, Marvel made. Okay, that's you know, better. Marvel Aid. Marvel Aid. <laughs> it's marvelous. I don't know. So, there we go. We've talked about a bunch of books that came out this week. We had to keep Jared and Laura in check because they talk too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we cut out most of it at the beginning. Yeah. This is the edited version. They were talking so much. It was crazy. Uh, but I, if you take only one thing away from this episode is that comic the comic book industry is very much alive. Comics are very much awesome. And you should be reading them. And uh, seek out stories that, that interest you. If you're reading a book that you don't care about, if you only want it because you don't want a hole in your collection, that's fine. But I think you're missing the bigger picture of there are stories being told in comics that cannot be told anywhere else. And um, when you go to see a movie like Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, which I heard is is good. It's good enough. Uh, but I had a conversation with a customer today uh, where, you know, he basically, he, he said it was good, but uh, he likes the comics better. And, you know, in most cases with comics, just like, you know, books that are, that are turned into movies, the source material is going to be better. There, there's a lot more ground to cover there are decades and in some cases more of stories to be told and to choose from and um there's no time constraint or budget constraint yeah, in comic no books. budgetary constraint they can characters they can, don't age they can take as long as they want to tell a story you don't have to cram it down to it you don't have to worry half. about different actors or actresses playing the characters and having it screw with your brain um Although yeah. different artists sometimes mess you up, too. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to go down that road. I can see Alex already cursing someone in his head. Yeah, you know who it is. Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> I'm going to try and get him to do a signing at the store. <laughs> uh, I'm, he, I'm sick that day. And I'll see yeah. if he can stay at your place. Well, we won't get a hotel. I'll just stay at your place. Uh, your house is bigger than ours. I, I know, but yeah, I think you need a roommate. We have the Spider-Man room. Oh, I think that I think oh, that he would like the Spider-Man yeah. room. Oh, that, that could be fun. Oh, we could torment him. That'd be crazy. This is how you draw different faces. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... We will say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, and, and we hope you did, uh, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're consuming this content. If you're outside of the area and you'd like to support the shop, you can always shop on our website, alterigocomics.biz. That is for comics and games. Or if you want to shop for high-end action figures and statues, you can do that at alterigocomics.com. The .biz will be in the show notes at the bottom, so you can go ahead and click from your device directly to it. That is super duper cool and anybody else have anything else twitter instagram yeah. facebook follow us on social we'll put those in the notes and tune in next time when we will talk about more comics thanks for listening have a great week 